Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Here we go. Tuesday, December 7th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Flyers, uh, once again, the losing continues. They lose last night to the Colorado Avalanche by a score of 7-5. to five, And the Flyers give up seven goals in back-to-back games. In back-to-back days, both at home at Wells Fargo Center. Of course, on Sunday night against the Tampa Bay Lightning in a 7-1 loss and 7-5 last night against the Colorado Avalanche. And it's the first time the Flyers have allowed seven-plus goals in consecutive games since back on November 13th and 16th of 1993. They had a 7-2 loss against the Buffalo Sabres and an 11-5 loss against the Pittsburgh Penguins. So uh, rare a fight air to say the least, all the way since 1993. Not a stat to be proud of. Uh, but the Flyers now have lost their ninth straight game. They get outshot in the game 50-32. to Yeah, Colorado is a high-flying offensive team. Yeah, Colorado is on a roll, but you cannot give up 50 shots, and you can't give up the amount of high-danger chances that they did in this game. Mike Yo's first game after yesterday morning, we learned of the firing of Elaine Vigneault and Michelle Terrian. Flyers did push in this game. They were resilient. They did score five goals, which is the first time they've scored more than three goals since October 27th. Uh, but you can't claim victory. You can't take a moral victory out of it when you've given up seven in back-to-back games. I'm not a big moral victory guy. As long as they plug in the scoreboard and they keep the standings, it's hard to have moral victories. Are there elements of the game that were good? Yes. Offensive. The fact that they did score five goals, that's good, but you can't give up seven. Just like you can't win games in the NHL regular season, one nothing and 2-1 to every night, you can't win games giving up seven, especially in back-to-back nights. So the Flyers come away with this with still a lot of things to be answered. And obviously, the firing of Elaine Vigneault and Michelle Therrien doesn't just automatically press a button and fix structural issues, process issues, doesn't just fix the fact that Ryan Ellis still isn't available to play for this team and has only played four games this year. It doesn't all of a sudden make it go, okay, Ryan Ellis will be back next week and he'll be available the rest of the season at peak performance. It doesn't get Derek Broussard back in the lineup. It doesn't put Joel Farabee back in the lineup. It doesn't put Kevin Hayes at 100% after two core surgeries. It, It allows the team a mental reset and a new direction and eventually some systemic or system changes and process changes that I imagine Mike Yo will implement. And we're hoping to talk to him on tomorrow's Flyers Daily about his core beliefs and the systems that he thinks he can run with this team and be effective. It, there's no time for that when Elaine Vigneault was let go uh, yesterday morning and there was a game last night. Uh, there'll be a time for that, probably not for a little while, as the Flyers are in the middle of five games in seven days. They'll be back at it tomorrow in New Jersey, back at it then Friday in Vegas, and back at it then Saturday in Arizona. So there's not a lot of practice time. There's not a lot of time to implement new systems and teach right now for the Flyers, but that part is what it is. And they have to move forward. They have to find a way to win games. And, you know, coaches getting let go in the NHL, I I was asked the question, why does it happen so often that coaches get let go in the NHL, and my answer was kind of simple, it's because it kind of works. It, it is a way for a team to reset when things aren't going well. 
And if you think back to a few prime examples, just go back to 2009, almost to the day, December 4th, 2009, John Stevens was fired as the head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers. In came Peter Laviolette. They had a, a, an abysmal first, I believe, 10 games under Peter Laviolette. I think they only won two of them. Eventually, he put his systems into place, got his expectations for his team in order, changed the mindset, changed the philosophy, changed the message, and it was a different messenger, and that team got it together. They eventually made the playoffs on the final day of the season, went all the way to the cup final, were good for a number of years under Peter Laviolette. Why does it work? Because in Pittsburgh in 2008, Michelle Terry was actually the head coach. They went to the Stanley Cup final in 2000, uh, 2008, 2009. They end up firing Michelle Terry and they hired Dan Bilesma. They go back to the cup final and they win the cup in 2009. Now, that was obviously a very good team, a cup caliber team two years in a row. Lost it in 2008 against Detroit, won it in 2009. And then you look at when Mike Sullivan was hired in Pittsburgh. They decided to make a, a change that season in midseason. Mike Sullivan comes in. They win cups, back-to-back cups. You look at the situation in other cities where it has happened. Craig Berube took over for Mike Yo, who is now the Flyers' interim head coach in St. Louis, and went on to win a cup. And you can cite a lot of examples like that. Back in 2000, I think it was 2006, 2007, when the Washington Capitals hired Bruce Boudreau to come in, save their season. It took them to game 82 to get into the playoffs, and they did. So it it ha- it does work, but again, it's not a magic elixir. There's a lot that's going to have to go into it, and ultimately it's going to be the players that play that determine whether the team can turn their season around. And there's a lot of question marks, and there's a lot of health issues, and there's a lot of, you know, d- different elements to this that you know aren't cut and dry. So we'll see how it plays out. But all said and done, Elaine Vigneault's era in Philadelphia, uh, I was asked by somebody in a podcast that I guessed it on, uh, what if I could sum up Elaine Vigneault's era in Philadelphia. And to me, it's unfulfilled and disappointed because of the way it started in year one. He's a, He's obviously a good hockey coach. And he's a coach that has had a lot of success in the NHL, one of the winningest coaches of all time. When you look at his record, it speaks for itself. He's coached 1,363 games. He's got a record of 722, 489, and 35, a 585 win percentage, a 503 win percentage in the playoffs as a coach of the Flyers in parts of three seasons. Lane Vigneault, 147 games, 74, 54, and 19, a 568 win percentage, and in the playoffs, he is basically has a record of seven and six for the Flyers. Uh, won a round of the playoffs, went to a game seven in round number two. So it, it wasn't that he couldn't coach. It was obvious, though, that the system, the personnel didn't fit the system, and a change needed to be made. So in comes Mike Yo as the interim. We don't know if Mike Yo, how long that interim will be there, that tag, or if he will be the next coach. I don't know if the the interim is for just the next couple of days or until this five games in seven days is over or if this is until the end of the calendar year or the remainder of the season. Uh, Chuck Fletcher spoke in a media availability and said that there are no promises to Mike Yo, but he's got his hands on the wheel right now. So start doing everything you can to turn this team around and make make it a good case for yourself. So we'll see how that plays out. Mike Yo is coached in the NHL, been a head coach for the Minnesota Wild and, and the St. Louis Blues. 
And he's a guy that has taken over in a situation like this. Back in 2016-17, he was the associate head coach with the St. Louis Blues uh, under Ken Hitchcock. And that team was underachieving. They were far more into the season than the Flyers are right now. As a matter of fact, their record at the time of the firing was 24-21-5. They were not a playoff team at that time. They were fourth in the division. And they made the change from Ken Hitchcock to Mike Yo. And the remainder of that season, Mike Yo got the St. Louis Blues, pointed in the right direction, coached them through 32 remaining games, a record of 22-8-2. They made the playoffs. They won a round of the playoffs, oddly enough, knocking Chuck Fletcher's Minnesota Wild out of the playoffs, and then lost in round number two against a Nashville team that eventually went to the Stanley Cup final. So Mike Yo's been in this position before. He was an assistant coach in Pittsburgh when those changes were made with Michelle Terrian to Dan Bilesman and won a cup. So he has seen this before. And as a coach goes through his career, he learns things along the way. Uh, those are some things that he's learned and how to handle this situation. And we'll see how he deploys his coaching philosophy to these players. If he changes from a 2-1-2-4 check to uh, a 1-2-2, we saw just by the lines that maybe there were some philosophical differences with the guys that he coaches with, with Elaine Vigneault and Michelle Therrien, because we saw Oscar Lindblom go from the fourth line to the top line to play alongside Sean Couturier. We saw Claude Giroux move to the middle. Uh, we saw some combinations that were different than we saw under Elaine Vigneault. And although the result was the same, it was certainly a, a team with a lot more pushback last night uh, than we had seen throughout this eight-game stretch, and in particular the night before against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, part of that is, you know, the narrative has changed for players. And when you're mired in a losing streak and then eventually your coach gets fired after you've lost eight straight games, at least the narrative has changed and the players can play a little freer of mind. They were a little too free of mind defensively, gave up way too much against Colorado. But we'll see if they can turn around. And again, it doesn't happen like the snap of a finger when you hire a new coach, and it took time for Peter Laviolette. It takes time for other coaches. Sometimes it's quicker in some places than others. That depends on personnel as well. And the situation, schedule, who you play, when you play them, uh, injuries, what you have available and what you don't have available. So it, it, we'll see how this plays out. There's obviously some options out there of some pretty big-name coaches. Bruce Boudreaux was uh, a guy that perhaps the Flyers were considering, and according to some reporting from Elliot Friedman, that you know the Canucks made the move to Bruce Boudreaux because they were afraid that perhaps they wouldn't get the opportunity to hire Bruce Boudreaux and alluded to the fact that one of those teams could have been the Flyers to hire Bruce Boudreaux, but he's the coach of the Canucks now. And the Flyers have options if they decide that Mike Yo is not the head coach in waiting or going to become go from the interim head coach to the actual head coach. You have names like John Tortorella. You have names like Dan Quinn, who was in New York with the Rangers. You have guys like Jim Montgomery, who's an assistant on Craig Berube's staff in St. Louis. You have Rick Tockett, who is available right now as well. So you made like one of those names, all of those names, none of those names. Uh, but right now, what you want is your general manager to make the right decision. Now, I, I am pretty sure that Chuck Fletcher did not want to fire Elaine Vigneault and Michelle Therrien one game into a five-game in seven-day stretch in the schedule. It's just not what you want to do. It's, not, it's, it's bad timing. It had to be done because of what happened against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and 
every game you wait is another could be another missed opportunity if the message is falling on deaf ears and the team cannot pull out of it with that staff in place. But now it's going to be a situation of can they start to turn it around? Is one of those guys I mentioned or someone else, Travis Green even, who was fired in Vancouver, is he a possibility? Who are the possible or potential fits as the next head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers and what goes into that decision? You know, I look at uh, two guys in particular. I look at uh, a guy like John Tortorella and I look at Rick Tockett and I think they're two very good coaches. One has more success than the other, and that's obviously Torts. He's won a cup with the Tampa Bay Lightning and had a lot of successful years coaching Columbus and the Rangers. I mean, really, the only place he hasn't had success was Vancouver that one year he was there when he kind of melted down, but seems to have learned from that. But he is a coach that is all about accountability, and he doesn't care what your paycheck says. He doesn't care what your career has says and your stat sheet, none of that stuff. He preaches accountability. And there's one way to play under torts, and that's hard and accountable and honest. That, that's, how you have to, that's how you have to play for him. And there's some players that may not like that, but there's a lot of players that play for him that may you know get into some disagreements with him as the head coach, but he ultimately gets the most out of them. I think that he is a very viable option if Mike Yo is not the option the Flyers decide to go with. Plus, you need to have some defensive zone certainty, and his teams will provide that structure defensively. You cannot afford to have a situation where Carter Hart gets overrun again. Uh, you do not want this this young goaltender to suffer the same fate he suffered last year with an environment that eventually just wore him down to a nub and would wear any goalie down. So Tortorella, I think, is, is a viable option. Rick Tockett is another viable option. He's a very good coach, very good strategic coach. You do not hire Rick Tockett because he's a former flyer. You do not hire Rick Tockett because of the way he played the game. You hire Rick Tockett because of the way he coaches the game. It has nothing to do with him being a former flyer. And I know this mentality, and I saw a lot of it on Twitter, was, oh, all they do is hire former flyers. Well, Dave Haxtell wasn't a former flyer. Peter Laviolette wasn't a former flyer. Uh, you look at Elaine Vigneault and that entire staff, they're not former flyers. Craig Berube was. He left here and went on to win a cup. Uh, Scott Gordon wasn't a, f- a former flyer. So that's not part of the equation. You're not, you're not hiring a coach because he played here because you're not hiring the player. You're hiring a coach. So whoever the right guy is, Dan Quinn's a very interesting name who obviously coached with the New York Rangers. And when John Davidson and Jeff Gordon were eventually let go in New York, they decided to make a coaching change. Chris Drury brings in Gerard Gallant, and uh, you look at a guy like David Quinn, he's out. Uh, Jim Montgomery was a coach of the um, Dallas Stars, very structured defensive team there as well. Um, fell on some some bad times off the ice or outside of uh, the, the world of hockey. Uh, had some issues he had to deal with and was let go there, but is a guy that can coach the game as well. And we'll see which direction they go or when they go there and how this plays out. Um, But it's a fascinating time. And what you want is you don't want your GM making rash decisions or making decisions to satisfy the thirst of a fan base. You want him to make the right decisions. And sometimes that's not on the clock that we want it to be on. 
it doesn't happen quick for quick enough for us as observers, as fans, as analysts, as people that like the NHL or people that love the Flyers. You want things to happen like that in our instant world of microwaves and social media. But that's not the way your GM should operate. You should not want him to operate in that way. You want him to be calculated, precise, and make the right strategic decision. Not make the fast decision, but make the right decision. And that's what it's incumbent upon Chuck Fletcher to do right now. You put Mike Yo in right now as the uh, interim coach, and you make the right decision. You don't just rush to his decision. So we'll see how this plays out. It's going to be fascinating uh, for this Flyers team moving forward. You know, my interactions with Elaine Vigneault on this podcast, um, just in the hallways and the times that I spent with Elaine Vigneault as uh, the head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers, I have nothing but great things to say about him. He was a gentleman. He was a good a good man, a good person, and um, I wish him the best of luck. It didn't work here in Philadelphia. I know he wanted to bring a cup to this city. Uh, it didn't work, and for that, that sucks. But he's a good man, and I wish him nothing but success going forward. Um, as far as whoever the next guy is, I, I just hope it's the right hire and things move in the right direction for this Philadelphia Flyers team and in a consistent direction because – if you're listening to this podcast, you're likely a fan of the Flyers, and you deserve it. You absolutely deserve it. And I hope it happens for everybody that listens and all the fans, and everybody can have enjoyable hockey, meaningful hockey, as often as possible and as much as possible because there's no such thing as too much meaningful or passionate or competitive hockey. That's what we're, That's what we're all in this for. Uh, I did put out a tweet asking people for how they're feeling right now in five words or less. Usually you make it like three words or less, but that's a little tough. Uh, and I got some interesting responses. My buddy Colin Thompson texted in just uh, basically, I guess, four words. Colin's a member of the Carolina Panthers. He's a tight end, former Temple product, great guy, and a huge Flyer fan. And he just said, at Real Rocket 22. In other words, Rick Tockett. Um, Jared tweets in and says, a week too late. They say, He says they should have uh, fired AV last Monday. The Flyers would have had five practice with Yo getting into this game instead of zero. Hopefully a few more points in the standings too. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Elaine Vigneault wanted to get to a point where he could see these play- his Elaine Vigneault with some of the players he has and some of the moves that he made. It just wasn't going to happen, and it became untenable. Tim Tobin tweeted in and said, need a hockey trade, please. Yeah, that, that could be the next thing. That could be the next thing, a move. A, a player transaction could be the next thing. Uh, Eddie Maria tweeted in and said, future does not look bright. Well, we'll see how that looks once you get a new coach and, and what direction everything seems to go in. Uh, victimize. Vic tweets in and says, goalies can't save you anymore. Yeah, well, back-to-back games with giving up seven goals, you're not wrong. I mean, there's only so much a goalie can do. You just can't give up that much. You just cannot give up that much quality, especially against a team like Colorado and Tampa. Uh, Jason Voorhees tweets in and says, tired of being tired. I hear you, and it's frustrating right now. Joe Cipriani tweets in and he says, here you go, five Ps. He says, Proper preparation prevents poor performance. 
That's that's pretty good. Uh, good alliteration there with the uh, with the peas. Matthew tweets in Keller and says Drew deserves better than this. Drew two goals last night. He's been the most consistent player. He's on pace for thirty five goals this season, uh, but he'd probably give up every one of those goals if. It meant the team was in a better position right now. Jake tweets in and says, optimistic, the season isn't over. And one more, insert witty Yandel, too legit to grit on Twitter, says, unplug and restart the Flyers. Great one. All great ones. And, you know, I'm not even sure how I feel right now. It's been a whirlwind of a day. Um, but it could be an exciting time. And certainly the storyline has changed. Lane Vigneault is no longer the head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers, believe it or not. Parts of three seasons, and that's it. Stunning developments in Flyerland. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand-new episode, game day edition, as we'll get you ready for Flyers-Devils, right here on a brand-new episode of Flyers Daily.